It was past my bedtime. I shouldn't have been out. It was my own fault for what happened. I had been told never to leave the apartment by a fortune teller who lived on the second floor, who greeted everyone with the same line every time, even though these clients were walk-ins and didn't have appointments. You're a lit. I've been expecting you. Come on in. Coffee? Anyway, I wanted to have a smoke in the alley next to the apartment building. I did this to pretend that I was someone famous smoking a cigarette in a Parisian alley while waiting for the delivery of my contract from the agency. Now, the alley is situated so that you cannot see it from the street. A large dumpster blocks the view, and I was standing behind the dumpster, deep in the alley, which was a dead end, by the way. One way in, one way out. I had just taken a long drag on a stick from a pack of Virginia Slims. I had kept all these years in the refrigerator. The taste was indescribable. That's when I heard the sound. I tensed up at first. What was I thinking leaving the apartment this late, alone? I could not have been more vulnerable with my bad leg at all. But the sound was familiar. It was unmistakable. The sound of children laughing. <laughs> I was relieved. Two little boys approached me wearing what appeared to be Boy Scout uniforms, but the kind they issue to new recruits. I think they call them Cub Scouts. I wondered if they volunteered or had been drafted by their parents. That's when the little one stuck his hand in his pocket and motioned for me with his face, leading with his chin like a miniature George Raft to move to the back of the alley. So I started walking a very short distance, playing along with what I thought was some spontaneous game on their part. Maybe this was part of earning a badge that they seemed to have a lot of on their uniforms. We reach the end of the alley and both of them pull out what appears to be some metallic shiny object. They say, This won't hurt, mister. It will be over before you know it. Sorry, old man. Wrong place. Wrong time. You understand. I am holding my hands up to protect my head, wondering if the metal will cut through my finger bones and lacerate my face. I plead with them, not in the face, please. I crouch down a bit, suddenly realizing all that does is give them a better stab at me. They make a stabbing gesture, all right, raising the metal objects in each of their hands up to their mouths. They did it so fast, so professional-like. They had done this before many times. I close my eyes and wait for the end, and that's when I hear it. The bigger boy hits me first with a few notes of little Walter. It is spot on and lethal. The little one starts peppering me with some Sonny Boy Williamson. It's the good stuff. staggered by the sound and fall to my knees, praying it will stop. The 
blues this pure and in this concentration can kill you in minutes. I had read about this phenomenon in Downbeat magazine. Very rare, but deadly just the same. Each note they bended twisted my spine and pierced my soul. I didn't have much time left if they kept this up, and that's when I realized, while down on my hands and knees, trying desperately to stick my fingers in my ears. That's when I remembered what was in my front pocket. I, too, possessed a blues harp. I had to work fast. I was losing consciousness now. I had to get off a few fast licks in my defense to rock those boys back on their heels between breaths. I put the harp to my mouth, point it in their direction, and blow. But the two Cub Scouts, they'll be back. Next time it could be a trio.